Veronica has her sword, Tom has his laser, and I have my mind. And a mind needs books and this podcast as a sword needs a whetstone if it's to keep its edge. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support and sharpen your mind. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I am Tom Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. That is correct, Veronica. Why are you being? Um, I don't know. It's like it's not even a particular part of the world accent. It wasn't Spanish. It wasn't Slovakian. Oh, yeah. It was okay. just kind of, kind of misplaced. That's the accent that the world will have someday when all the accents blend together. When they blend together? Yeah. That's the, like the when, unit I, accent. when I try to do a Scottish accent and it somehow turns into a Jamaican accent and suddenly I sound racist. <laughs> right. That's no, really fun. The Scotch Jamaican accent is a very unique accent. Yeah. That would actually be a pretty sexy accent. But anyway... Sci-Fi Fantasy Book Club, welcome to the show if you've never listened to us before. Uh, Usually we kick off things with a little segment called What Are We Drinking, Tom? Are you imbibing alcohol this evening? I'm having a crispin apple cider, hard apple cider. It's really difficult, but I'm drinking it. I'm having a crispin glover. (laughs) No, you're not. What are you having? I'm drinking Omission again because it's the thing in my fridge. I already drank it all because I was drinking it while we were Wait. interviewing G. Derek Adams. You, This is what you were drinking last time, mm-hmm. like on June 21st. Yeah, I don't drink a lot of beer. Okay, all right, fair enough. Hence why it's still in there. I, I have been way into ciders recently. I've been ciders s- switching over. are yeah. delicious. They are delicious. I feel like I'm getting more vitamins than I get out of beer. Uh, they're, they're not any, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be a solipsist and say they're better for you. But it's like, it's fruit instead of grain. And mm-hmm. I don't need as many grains, but I do need some fruit. So it can't but, hurt. But isn't it just the sugar part of the fruit, mostly? Yeah, no, they're, they're, that's the weakness in that argument. I okay. get, I get okay. that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's jump. Hey, we're actually, uh, announcement, we are, we're going to do a big quick burns this week. Um, didn't have too many barrier swords, so if you're looking for it, don't bother. It's gonna just gonna be a, a very news filled episode, um, yeah. and, and and also the kickoff for the July pick. So keep keep the feedback coming, uh, feedback at certainlaser.com or in our Goodreads. It does not mean we're not seeing it and appreciating it. We are. All right, let's kick things off then uh, from Lindsay, who has a, a, a post about the Girl with All the Gifts trailer, which came out this week. It looks pretty awesome and intense. The movie is premiering in September in the UK. No US distributor yet, <gasps> what? but fingers crossed. Yeah, that's the distributor, because this trailer is good. Although, uh, Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey uh, is a little post-apocalyptic tale, involves a fungus that kills people and a girl that could be the solution to all their problems. But you were saying it looked too scary for you. It's it's a little on the scary side for me. Or, eh, eh, hmm. and, I'm going to have to and, see what the rating is. If yeah, it's no, PG-13, I'll probably be okay. Let's be clear. Veronica doesn't like scary movies. That's just a thing, right? You don't like right. scary movies. That's right. Would you think that a trailer for Hugh Howie's Wool would be too scary for you? Was it? Have I seen it? I No, I'm just saying. You know the story. I know the story. Um... No, it, it's not. Because mm. I've and maybe I'm wrong because I actually have not read The Girl with All the Gifts. But from what I come to understand, it feels it has that same feel to me 
Like there's there's a conflict, there's a restricted population, it's post-apocalyptic, and the girl I feel like might be being lied to based on the trailer. So that just all feels like the same, not the same story, but obviously the same conditions for wool, which could also be considered scary because in wool, it's subterranean, et cetera. Right. I, I, I feel like maybe if, if I can handle The Walking Dead, I can probably handle this movie. Oh, yeah. You can handle The Walking Dead. Yeah. Come on. I, I watched The Walking that. Dead. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I agree with Lindsay. The trailer looks great, and I hope we get some way of seeing it legally in the United States. Uh, and I need to go probably watch this or read this book. Read the book. Yeah, yeah. read the book. I need to watch this, but also read the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terp Kristen pointed out that Barnes & Noble is going to open what she says, I can only imagine, are going to be some reading restaurants. Here's here's the quote from a press release. Uh, Mr. Boar announced that, it's, I feel like I'm reading the Victorian era newspapers. Mr. Boar announced that Barnes & Noble would open four new concept stores in fiscal, up oh, there, now we're, now we're modern, in fiscal 2017, uh, complete with a new restaurant featuring an expanded menu along with a beer and wine offering. In addition to opening the first new store in East Chester, New York, this October, the company plans to open stores at the Adina Galleria in Adina, Minnesota. I believe it might be Adina. Uh, at the Palladio in Folsom, California. And one Loudon in Loudon, Virginia, or perhaps Luton. Well, this is the stuff that, that excites me because the best reason to go hang out at Barnes & Noble back in the day was just to grab a magazine or a book and sit in the cafe and, and read for a little bit or borders. Like they were just spots to go hang out in. And maybe that's what's missing in this new Amazon culture of ours is the ability to just go to a bookstore and hang out for a few hours with your what friends. A, yeah, one of my secret shames uh, because I was way more pretentious back then uh, in grad school in Austin, Texas was going to a Barnes and Noble across from the university and just spending time. I would go to the the science fiction section and just like look at stuff. And occasionally I would buy a book, which I probably wouldn't have done had I not been drawn in there. But I was mostly drawn in there to sit in the comfy chair and read like through the Star Trek novelizations that I didn't want to buy. Yeah. I mean, I used to spend hours at the local Borders and Barnes and Noble. They were across the street from each other. Oh wow! So if I got bored at one, I could just drive across the street, the highway, and, and be at the other one. Um, but this is exciting—a a new restaurant. Wow, fancy! Yeah. Try and I like that they're they're trying it out in a few different locations, and they're interesting ot- locations too. These are all suburban, or in Folsom's case, kind of out there on its own, uh, you know. And they're just they're mm-hmm. just trying it out, see if it works. Cool. Uh, Sylvana writes about the Locus Award winners. Uh, she says, congrats, Naomi Novik for Best Fantasy and Anne Leckie, Best Sci-Fi. First time both female winners? I wonder if that's true. Uh, yeah, no, big congratulations. Uh, we are readers of both of these. Well, we we didn't read Ancillary Mercy officially. We wrote, read Ancillary Justice first in the series. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned when we talked about the nominees, Lots of good people being nominated here. Also, mm-hmm. uh, Terry Pratchett, The Shepherd's Crown, taking Young Adult Book Award. And Ken Liu. Yeah. One for the first novel for Grace of Kings. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I was I was a little sentimental there about Terry Pratchett. It's post- okay. Posthumously winning. But yes, good good work, Ken Liu, there. Uh, Alistair Reynolds even got novella for Slow Bullets. Very good stuff. So congrats to all of the winners, especially the wonderful women, Naomi Novik and Anne Leckie, two of my favorites. Terp Kristen back again. 
uh, pointing out that there's a Kickstarter for a Mistborn board <laughs> slash card game. Uh, the Kickstarter ends July 20th, so any board game fans out there who also like Mistborn might want to check it out. Uh, it's a design by Kevin Wilson of Arkham Horror, The X-Files, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, etc. Uh, House, Mistborn House of War puts you in command of the Final Empire's great houses during the cataclysmic events of Mistborn, the Final Empire. It is kind of crushing it. It's already at $157,000 uh, at a goal of 30000 with 15 more days to go. So stretch I goal think time. Major stretch goal time. Yeah. Uh, they're killing it. So congrats to that team. That's that's exciting. I feel like there's been so many great tabletop games and card games coming out of Kickstarter recently. Yeah, not only coming out of Kickstarter, but coming out of books. We talked about mm-hmm. uh, the one from Patrick Rothfuss recently. Uh, that Hey, that- did you see the Patrick Rothfuss name drop in uh, Orange is the New Black? No, I haven't. I've only watched the first episode of the new season. Okay, so about episodes, I think there's like six episodes a season. I think I'm on the second to last episode. There's a scene in the uh, quick scene in the library, and there's Patrick Rothfuss, the name of the wind. One of the guard asks to borrow it. Oh, really? That's fantastic. Yeah, and he's all excited about it. Uh, when we were recording Cord Killers yesterday, Brian Brushwood uh, pointed out Patrick's tweet, and I can't remember it word for word now, but it was something to the effect of, Uber, but for finishing this damn book. <laughs> that was his, his idea for a startup. I, I guess he's like <laughs> nearing that frustration period, where it, which probably means he's close to finishing it. He's too busy hanging out with uh, Manuel Lynn Miranda. Did you see that picture? No, I did not. Yeah, I don't know why they were hanging out, but they were hanging out. And I'm like, I want to be in that sandwich. Yeah. That sounded creepy. Didn't mean for that to sound creepy. Little creepy. Little Always creepy. sounds creepy, Belmont. Way to yeah. go. Uh, you want to hang out with them. I would like to get coffee with them and yes. talk about things that are interesting. Uh, perhaps go to the new Barnes & Noble restaurant. And that would be an amazing date. Making card games. Oh. Why'd you have to say date? Ah! We should pitch a show to Barnes & Noble and call it Coffee with Authors. Yes. And just have invite authors to the to the Barnes & Noble Cafe and yeah. interview them about totally. stuff. Or just talk about well, whatever. Well, they're, they're going dinner with this restaurant, so maybe it's our dinner with authors. It's fancy dinner. Yeah. I like it. Feasts B- with authors. b dinner. <laughs> we'll, we'll brainstorm this some more. Yeah, that was not, my name was not good. All right. Uh, what about Paolo? Paolo pointed out that uh, this seems that a series of books will be written about the Mass Effect universe before the next game is launched. The first one, titled Mass Effect Andromeda Initiation, will be launched next August, and it was written by none other than N.K. Jemison. Oh. Who what? is apparently a big Mass Effect fan. I'm going to read that. Yeah, I mean, two great tastes, right? I've got a whole list of, I have to read the, uh, someone actually messaged me on Twitter and was like, have you been reading any of the Witcher novels? Because they're really good because that's the only video game I play and there's novels around them or they're based on novels. And they were like, you should read them for Sword and Laser. And I'm like, I don't know if I can sell that, but I should read them on my own. We could try. We could, we could try to sell it. That's a, that's a, that's a fan vote one. I think they're fantasy Mm. though, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we could do a vote on books about video games or vice versa you know we we always get the criticism that we don't do Mm tie-ins and one of the reasons is that they're so very specific to the people who like what they're tied into another reason is that the universes are so vast but maybe we do like a tie-in month well maybe they could stand alone like if the witcher novels are so good totally maybe they can stand alone to be to be determined um, something that doesn't need to stand alone because it's a uh, billion upon billion dollar industry. 
<laughs> comes to us from Silvana, who says, J.K. Rowling released the history of, how do you say that? I believe it's pronounced Ilvermorny, but I Ilvermorny. could be wrong. Ilvermorny, yeah. magical school, uh, Slytherin's wand, and there's a sorting quiz. She got Thunderbird, the adventurous one. Yeah, so it's a little short story about the school and its Irish beginnings and, and how it was uh, started by people fleeing uh, England and Ireland, uh, I guess mostly Ireland. Um, and, and yeah, there's there's now a sorting hat for Ilvermorny, I guess. I don't know. Is Where it do a, I do it? Where'd it go? It a, you have to log in. Oh, oh, I have to be a member. Okay, that's too Yeah, bad. that's kind of what they do. That's kind of the thing. I heard everyone was sharing their stuff on Facebook the other day, and I was like, I wonder what hat I am. But then I never, okay, you click on sorting. Yeah, there's Ilvermorny sorting down at the bottom. Oh, and you have to log in. Yeah, mm. and I thought I, uh, I thought I did have a login, but apparently I don't. We should, I probably don't should wanna... do this right now. No, probably not. Makes for no. bad audio. That's okay. Hey, you know what makes for good audio? Uh, the fact that I'm Ravenclaw. That I already took the other sorting hat. Did you? Are you Ravenclaw? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Ryan I mean... and I were falling asleep last night, we were talking about what school we'd belong to, and um. I said that I would be probably Slytherin. Really? You think so? I just I just get the I sense. I mean it's not it's not a stretch, but I wouldn't put that as your most likely. You know how Harry was sort of like you could be Slytherin, but maybe Gryffindor. And I I don't know that I'd put you dead center Slytherin. Well, I feel like that's a problem. I feel like I'm either Hufflepuff, Huff, is that a thing? Hufflepuff. That, that is that is a thing. Yes, Hufflepuff. <laughs> or Slytherin. This is like the time they asked me about how many Weasley siblings there were, and I couldn't answer. Oh, no. Hey. I think I said seven. It's five, though, right? Is it seven? I still don't know. I don't remember now either. There's so many of them. I should not be the host of this podcast. Hey, this is uh, not a Harry Potter podcast. It's not podcast. a Harry Potter fan cast. Um, go watch season one of Tabletop, and you guys can go watch me embarrass myself about Harry Potter trivia. Oh, man, I I got logged in and then it didn't. And I, I can't really take this. We, we should totally get anyway. You yeah. know what? You know what has good music or uh, sounds good or is exciting? Uh, ready Player uh, One. Uh, ready Player One. Uh, yeah, this is from Robin who says Ready Player One has started production. Yay. Woo. Actually, there's, you know, there's really not much more to say than that. Although there's a rumor kicking around and I haven't been able to track down whether it's for real or not that Spielberg isn't allowing any of his own properties in the movie why i i don't know that can't be true right why would he do that why would he do that yeah that doesn't make any sense but uh anyway first week of ready player one finished uh tweeted zach penn surreal it went to 11 thanks for writing your book ernie klein so ty sheridan is going to be playing wade ty sheridan from x-men apocalypse he played cyclops do you recognize him? No. I don't know. I mean, I, like... I, I sort of remember him as Cyclops. Uh, yeah. But. Okay. Well, I am keeping an open mind. Mm. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's move on to uh, discussing our book for July. Uh, we'll do a little bit of just non-spoilery kickoff. 
uh, for those of you who haven't started yet. And uh, and then then we'll move into a little more spoilery discussion, and there are, and you can bail at that point. Uh, the non-spoilery things to know are this is from 1958. It's a book by Andre Norton, uh, who is considered one of the grand dames of genre fiction. Uh, she had the, what? Why are you giving me that face? Oh wait, I thought Andre Norton was a man. No, Andre Norton was Alice Norton, but then oh. changed her name in 1934 to Andre Alice Norton. So it was not only her pen name, but became her legal name, and she picked it because Andre, especially at the time, was more of an ambiguous name. It was the kind of name that would read male if you expected it to be male, but there were also women named Andre. Oh, I fell into gender norms, gender uh, naming norm conventions. And it's, it is one of those weird things where back in that time, if it's like George Eliot, right? Like you kind of wanted to have a male name on a book uh, to, to get published and get accepted. Mm-hmm. And, and Andre Norton is celebrated for being the kind of person who just barreled through that and said, fine, I'll call myself Andre Norton. That's going to be my actual name. Uh, and it, and then people got, it'll keep people, people guessing. And I will be a incredibly successful author. I mean, she wrote continuously for 70 years. Well, she kept me guessing. And I didn't know that <laughs> factual information. And I feel bad now that I should have known that. But this is why we have this show, so I can learn right. things like this. And now the other people who are in this, having that same reaction are like, oh, see, I'm just like Veronica. Mm, and that's a sad thing to be. <laughs> sad, uh, sad sack place to be. But yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to pick this was because, uh, for instance, the Young Adult Award that the Nebulas uh, are associated with, it's not officially in a, a nebula, uh, but the Young Adult Award that is given out every year by the Science Fiction Writers Association is named after Andre Norton. That's right. And I knew that. I and knew that she, much. she actually began... Uh, writing a lot of young adult fiction. She continued to support it. She even set up a library, which is no longer in existence, called the High Halleck Library uh, after she moved to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and uh, invited genre writers to come and research there. She's an amazing person. Oh, is she still with us? No, she passed away uh, a few years back uh, oh. in the mid-2000s. But... Uh, but she was she lived a very long life and uh, and and she has an incredible literary legacy. She is more known for her witch series than than for her science fiction. It's more of she wrote fantasy and science fiction. But Time Traders, I think, is a trailblazing novel of the time travel genre. Mm. Uh, the idea of going back in time, for uh, seeing the past uh, as sort of a a way to sneak in a history lesson is something that Doctor Who used when it launched in the 1960s, and we talked about that previously. Uh, And I think you guys, when you were talking about this at the San Francisco meetup, were mentioning that it has some other parallels. Yes, we were were ribbing a little fun at Tom, um, uh, specifically uh, uh, saying that perhaps this was too similar to um, the... uh, uh, Ah, I just had it in my head. A time and again, perhaps. Uh, Just based for me, at least, on the few opening uh, scenes um, in which it seems, and this is not spoilery, that there is some kind of governmental organization uh, doing a project centered around sending people back through time. And this is just, I have not read it yet. This is just my initial impressions off the first couple chapters or so. Well, and I think that's another thing that I would point to as time traders 
preceded Time and Again, which was written in the 60s. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I, I can't imagine it didn't have an influence in some way on Time and Again. But I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that comparison. There are very similar. There, it's a different mechanism, and it's certainly a different playing out of the, the results than Time and Again. But there is that general idea of we can only go back in time and we have to pretend very, you know, to to fit into that time that so that we we don't get noticed. Difference is time and again was going into the 1800s. Time Traders is going into prehistoric times. Prehistory, yeah. And I think the other the other one we we connected it to was sort of Rhiannon. There is nothing about this book. That is the one thing. Sort of Rhiannon by Lee Brackett is from the 40s. So, okay, it's from the 40s and this one's from the 50s. <laughs> That's not even the same decade. Uh, we're just teasing you. Okay. I, I will definitely cop to the, the time and again thing. I, I guess it's older science fiction feel meets the time and again story and, and it could it could make that, but... Um, yeah, uh, the other interesting thing about Time and Again that was brought up, and, and again, this is not uh, spoilery too much, uh, is that there are differences in the 2000 edition and the original edition. Daryl pointed this out. Uh, the 2000 edition, she went back and changed things, just background information, to make hmm. it more palatable to a modern reader. So, for instance... Instead of saying the Reds, which is what it says in my version of the book, it says the Russians. Uh, and instead of saying Soviet Union, it says Greater Russia. So it doesn't I, stick okay. out to you that, so like, I'm hey, wait a minute, Soviet in, Union doesn't exist anymore. In my reading, she says Orientals. Is that different in the 2000 that, version? Well, she says that in mine as well, okay. which I think, and, and mine is definitely the one that also says Reds and Soviet Union. Uh, so that may be a, 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 I don't know if that's something she changed in the the later one or not. She did talk about space travel not going beyond putting satellites into orbit, which I didn't even think like, well, yeah, we also went to the moon. Why didn't she meant say that? I took it as like this great prescient thing about the space shuttle. And essentially just like all the space shuttle did was go put satellites in orbit. And I'm like, oh my God, she totally predicted that we would do the space shuttle and then stop the space shuttle. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so she went back and I guess in the revision mentioned that we didn't get anywhere past the moon. We did the first lunar ah. landings and that's it. Gotcha. Revisionist history. Well, and she got so close to predicting things, like basically saying, yeah, we'll go into space, but then we'll kind of lose interest in it. I would have just left uh, left well enough alone, <laughs> um, and and been like, yeah, close enough. You know, that's pretty good for the nineteen forties. Yeah, I guess it, maybe it was getting enough interest that she felt like, oh, well, these are these are very small changes to make, and and they'll smooth the way for someone to not get taken yeah. out of a story. Yeah, you don't want to date yourself too much, especially I guess. because when you're dealing with time travel, you're you're gonna have the readers thinking about that a lot. And the bulk of the story is going backwards. The story doesn't go forwards. So if suddenly your your present of the story is incorrect, is an incorrect future, that could mm -hmm. knock a few people out, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so far, yeah, so far, so good. It's it's been an interesting read. Um, it's it's uh it's pretty fun. Um, 
Though I do, I am noticing a, a Tom loves time travel uh, bent to his picks. Yeah, and and Pilot X, my book on Ink Shares, is about time travel. So I, I didn't do that on purpose, but maybe subconsciously I just started picking time travel stories. Uh, so I will stop, and I, <laughs> I will try to stay off time travel. <laughs> will you go back in time for the and next fix this, months? Tom? Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this episode and this isn't a book about time travel anymore, now you know what happened. There you go. Problem solved. No, I'm excited. I'm just I'm just teasing you. I think the, the book picks have been great. All right. Let's get a little bit spoilery now. So if you have not finished Time Traders or even started it, uh, then you might want to jump out now. We're not going to include me. That's, we're not going to spoil the ending uh, because I haven't finished it yet either. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about Ross Murdoch. And I'm curious what you think of him. How far are you into it? I'm not very far at all. Um, I'm I'm really still pretty much in the beginning. I mean, it's only the fifth. Give me a give me a no, break. No, no, no. I'm not. I don't expect you to be too far into it. But you know, some people are like, I don't want to know anything. I don't even want to know a character's okay. name. He kind of seems like a kind of a jerk in the beginning. Is that why you thought Andre Norton was a guy? Maybe because that guy's such a jerk. He. Maybe. I think he's supposed to be though. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a criminal. Yeah. What did he do? It's I don't remember now, and I'm not sure that it is 100% clear. He he uh, is a con man, as far as I can tell. Okay. Con men, I feel, they ruin lives, but they're not necessarily yeah. murdering people. He can talk. I know the big thing is that he could talk his way out of things, and I don't know if you've quite gotten to the explanation of why he is... Well, ha- has he gotten through his court case yet? Mm-mm. Okay. I, I will say no more. Say no more. But say will, no more. You will soon find out why he is your central character. Does he have a secret power? No. No, he doesn't. But people like him are the kind of people that this program wants. And there's a really interesting oh. social reason for that. Okay. Well, and it's a, it's a It's a kind of a... Andre Norton definitely was one of the people who subscribed to the idea that science fiction could espouse philosophy in a unique way. And and this is not central to the story necessarily. She doesn't go back to it m- more, very much, but she points out that certain people that exist in the present don't get along very well in the present because we don't have the same challenges mm. that we used to have. And so when you need somebody to travel back into prehistory, uh, maybe those people who are total misfits now would be perfect or going back into the past. Yeah, like if you're a sweet talker, I imagine you could probably save yourself from getting killed a few times if you could talk your way out of it. Yeah, or 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 people who are are aggressive uh, mm-hmm. might be great as if you need like we need people to act like hunters, and they could they can get that out of their system because they're always hunting. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that aspect of it that your personality or, or certain traits you have make you better suited for that type of work. Yeah, and that the changes in social norms cause different people to become the outsiders based on what is acceptable, which changes over time. Do you think that's true today? Do you I think do. There's, do you think there's personality traits in people that are outdated at this I, point? I think a lot of our social problems are us forgetting or pretending that certain ways of tribal society still are built into our genetics mm-hmm. or built into the way we operate and and we do we pretend like oh well we don't need that anymore because it's not practical but at the same time 
people are built to do certain things. They're built, we're built to have certain people that go off and scout and certain people that stay home and take care of the home fires. And, you know, like there's a reason that humanity evolved these different roles. And yet we don't really need those roles anymore. So we kind of try to hammer them out of society. And maybe a better way is to figure out new uses for those roles. I would prefer to evolve out body hair if possible. Okay, that's not exactly where I was going with that. I, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, it seems unnecessary. I don't know. Some people dig it, though. Well, you have a beard, so of course you think that. Yeah. What are you're you trying beard, to say? You're beard biased. I'm beardist. You're biased for body hair. Well, but, okay, it all, all joking aside, like, saying I don't want body hair is saying I want to change humanity to this new way of being rather than leaning into like, hey, we had body hair for a reason at some point, so let's figure out what we can do with it. Maybe you should try to beautify body hair. Ugh, I'd rather just not have any body hair, and then if I wanted hair, just put a wig on my head. Really? Yeah. Huh. I think I'd rather just go... Like, so you would just not grow. Just not grow anything. Yeah. Well, that's that's what all the sci-fi stories, like, pro- project, is that in the future, we we don't have any body hair left. We're all bald. Yeah, okay. I've yeah. always been into that, into that anyway. I mean, that could be just a natural evolutionary trend. Yeah, that's what I mean. Anyway, I know I, t- I kind of took us for a digression there. A oh, so bit. did I. So I'm not going to No, I liked stones. it. I liked it. I like to think about this stuff. Yeah, well, that's why I like this genre. Makes you think about this stuff. What if he goes back in time and makes it so that we have more body hair? Well, that's an interesting part of this tale is them trying to make sure they don't have unintended consequences. They didn't mention specifically causing more body hair. Or what if he goes back in time and changes it so that the Neanderthal is the predominant humanoid species? Yeah. Well, and Homo sapien doesn't rise to power. There is another element of this story that I will not tell you because it is spoilery that is very interesting along those points. Hmm. Of okay. like, wait, what? If, we can't change anything in the past, but what about this? Was the Neanderthal, was that a Homo erectus or was that a different, was no. that a different parent species it, of both of us? No, it was Neanderthal. That was Neanderthal? Neanderthal. Neanderthal? Yeah, that's what they say now. You should say Neanderthal. Neanderthal. I, don't know I think Neanderthal is fine too. Oh. It's it's basically trying to Germanize it, which it's like, well, I don't say Venezuela every time I say Venezuela, <laughs> so I think it's fine to say Neanderthal. But what do I know? All uh, right. No, it's Homo Neanderthalus. That's what I was looking up to make sure. Okay. Homo erectus is us. It's just us. Well, I I mean, we we're Homo, Homo sapien sapien, but we are descended from homo erectus that's what i mean i was wondering if they were yeah yeah, yeah. if they were a totally different branch of the tree don't get me started on the denisovans oh you're such a nerd all right (laughs) why do you think we're doing this show we're both nerds i know oh hey we should talk about how we were on the patreon podcast this week oh right no a big thanks to john uh for having us on the patreon podcast uh they try to highlight different creators all the time and we were interviewed and had a lovely time so go check out the patreon podcast and listen to our interview and listen to the others because there's some other great creators over there as well yeah and speaking of patreon uh tom and i are reworking some of the reward levels um don't worry you're not going to lose anything for any of the reward levels that you currently have but you may get something extra um so stay tuned and I will probably launch that when this week, by the end of the week. Yeah, we were hoping to have it all worked out by uh, today and we didn't quite get it. So uh, we will have it ready for the August month. 
Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we give you a month's notice, to, a little bit shorter than months, but we give you plenty of notice that like, hey, we're going to change the reward levels. That's coming. Uh, here's what they are so that you know ahead of time, like whether you need to adjust your backing because of that. Yes. And uh, I will just put a little tidbit out there. Books will be involved. Mm. Mm-hmm. Books will be involved. Books so if in you like hands. books, if you like physical books... Let us know. Stay tuned to Patreon. We'll we'll send out a notice to all patrons when we when we update the terms. Yeah. Um, so that'll be awesome. But I think that about wraps up our episode. On uh, next week on the show, we're going to have an interview with Ink Shares Sword and Laser author G. Derek Adams, uh, who wrote Asteroid Made of Dragons, one of my favorite books in the collection, and uh, probably my favorite cover. I love the cover. cover of his book so much. And I think it was the cover that I had the most input on. Like, I really, I felt very strongly about the direction of the cover. And I'm very happy with how it came out. So I have a little extra pride. uh, Veronica was giving notes. She was the suit upstairs giving notes on that cover. I had a lot of notes. There were a lot of notes. (laughs) But I I think everybody liked it. So I I didn't feel too bossy. And I think Derek liked it too. And that's really, at the end of the day, all that matters. If he's happy with how, how it all came out, uh, we're happy. Um, so yeah, so stay tuned to that. That'll be out on Tuesday. And then, man, I'm going to be gone uh, for a week after that. We have to figure out when we're going to record the next episode. We did. We rescheduled that. And it's we good did to let, let people know that uh, we will not have an episode on July 19th, mm-hmm. which is normally when we have the, the book club episodes, but it will happen on July 26th. So it will still be in time to uh, wrap up time traders and tell you what the next book will be absolutely i'm gonna be in greece and italy Ooh, fun yeah that's beautiful Wait, i'll be gone I... for my birthday oh well happy birthday ahead of time thank you yeah going to a wedding in greece and then going to uh, rome for the rest of the week after that oh yeah you're gonna eat well yeah, I'm going to eat everything, <laughs> all the things. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to send me a tweet and let me know at Veronica. Veronica will eat Rome soon. I have never been to Italy before, so I'm very excited. But thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, as you know, as we mentioned, our show is completely entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. And if you'd like to send us a little support, you can head on over to patreon.com swordandlaser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. I was clicking up here to see if we had any recent um, iTunes reviews since the last episode. And I think maybe we don't, which always kind of breaks my heart. Hey, this is, reviews. you don't even have to write anything. Just put five stars. It helps. Oh, and by the way, um, you guys have been amazing with using our referral link on Amazon oh, to right. buy things other than books. You guys are killing it. Thank you so much. You guys know what sump? <laughs> oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. Something is happening. Some, some, something was happening with some, some Amazon purchases. Pumped up our referrals. Def, they, they, they pumped up our referrals. That's right. That's you're so good at this game. Thank you. Um, so if you if you want to do that, if you if you're not sure how, uh, there is a link on the right hand nav if you scroll down a little bit over on swordandlaser.com uh, to help you 
navigate the crazy world of Amazon referral stuff. Basically, it just adds our tag to things. And if you continue searching on Amazon, it'll give us a little credit. And that little bit of credit really helps uh, and makes a big difference over time. Uh, so thank you, guys. Uh, you can review us on iTunes. You can drop us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Check out the website for all previous episodes and interviews at swordandlaser.com. All of our discussion happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157sword6. We'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!